It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. McDavid's got some room. He skates to center, looks for McLeod on the right. He's one on one against Burns across the line, throwing it in front. McDavid tips on goal. Save made by Reimer. Oh boy, Reimer almost gave it away. But he tapped it up the left side to Couture. Here comes Logan, down the left, across the line, drops it back. Burns moves in, fires one, and a great glove save by goaltender Smith. He tapped it forward. It's a breakaway for McDavid. He moves in, and he scores. Mike Smith is going to get the assist from his goaltending position to Connor McDavid, who wins the game for the Oilers. And the entire Oilers bench, in spectacular fashion, comes off to mob Smith and McDavid. An unbelievably disappointing finish for the Sharks, who lose two to one in overtime. I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen him do a lot of things with Buck. I mean, I think that's just, you know, par, par for the course for him. I mean, obviously, he's, like you said, one of the best, if not the best, at, at handling the puck. So, you know, he made a smart heads up play and kind of batted it up into open space and, and let, um, you know, McDavid skate into it. So, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, we were at the, at the losing end of it. Unfortunate indeed. Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? I could not believe what I was watching last night with the San Jose Sharks because, you know, for a, a huge part of that game, and if we break it down into what the Sharks were doing, they looked really, really good. You know, they didn't give up a goal until you were late in the third period or halfway through the third period, however you want to look at it. And I'm just thinking to myself, how have they not added more offense to this one goal lead? You get a first period power play goal to take the lead. You're in control of the game. You're good on defense. You're not allowing anything. And the idea of two or fewer for the San Jose Sharks has devolved into one or none. Like the Sharks are not going to be able to do much on offense and they have to be damn near perfect on defense. And it's incredible to have seen this in multiple games this year. It's not just about you know not having given up a goal going into the third period or giving up one or giving up two, but if it's zero, one, or two heading into the third period and that's all you've given up, you should be in a position to win that game. You should be in a position to get two points when all are said and done, and you should have done enough up to that point of the game to be comfortable with that lead in the third period. And I know there's no such thing as a quote-unquote comfortable lead in the NHL, unless you're up something like 6 nothing, then yeah, the game's probably over with. But even still, I would not write it off. But the fact is, is the Sharks' problems this year continue to haunt them on the offensive end. And what's amazing to me is that when the Sharks make contact with the post, they don't just make contact with the post. It's not like it's glancing off. It's like they hit the post last night as square as is possible, and you would just think that there would be some sort of of a bounce in your direction that'd be off the iron and in. Instead, it's the iron denying you with authority 
as loud as possible and making it as glaringly possible that you're just not going to find the back of the net. And it's like, well, what the hell did the sharks ever do to you? <laughs> I just, I, I'm sitting there laughing last night watching the sharks hit the post and get as much of it as possible, yet seemingly incapable of getting the redirect off the post to go into the back of the net. And, you know, then you, know, and you allow a team that has Connor McDavid out there on the ice to hang around. I personally believe that they will come back and punish you. And that is most definitely what happened when all was said and done. And yeah, they get the goal late and it's a shorthanded. And that was another one. You know, I just watching that play happen. It was like, oh God, you got to be kidding me. And then suddenly it's a 1-1 game. And then as soon as it was 1-1, I was like, well, this game's over. Because you have given life to an offensively potent team. And you didn't just give them life in a way where they distinctly earned it. It was a shorthanded goal. You know, if anything, that got their confidence up heading into overtime. And the Sharks still did a good job to try and deny everyone until you got into overtime. And then, you know, Mike Smith makes an incredible play and catches McDavid on the move. And then he comes in on Reimer and it's Connor McDavid. You know, when he gets a head full of steam, he is damn near impossible to stop. And I just, I watched that and was like, I've seen this game happen before, not in the sense that, yes, there's Connor McDavid scoring in overtime, but more in the sense that you simply don't do enough on offense to take advantage of all the things you've done soundly on defense all game long. And we saw throughout the game that the Sharks were doing everything right on defense. You saw them just positioned well. You saw them not giving up good looks. You saw them making life hard for the Oilers last night. And that, to me, is the most important thing. There was good physicality. You kept the puck out of the slot. You kept them out to the sides. You made them work hard for everything that they were going to try and put on net. And it was working in the Sharks' favor. But on the other side of the ice, they were just not scoring those goals. And if you don't score, if you don't get those goals, and if you let a team like Edmonton hang around, you're going to lose. And I was watching it happen in front of me, and I, I, I hate that the Sharks are not a team that can reward their own efforts. They can keep themselves competitive. They can put themselves in an opportunity to be rewarded with two points when all are said and done, but they cannot capitalize upon it 100% of the time or even you know, 70, 60, 50% of the time. You know, We have seen a lot of games this year where the Sharks have only given up one or two goals heading into the third period, which to me should put you in a position to win the game. Unfortunately, the offense just hasn't been there, and it's you know a consistent theme right now. We talk about what the Sharks need to do in the offseason. It's you need to go and make that offense deeper. You need to make that offense better. You need to figure out how you are going to find the back of the net more consistently. And I personally believe that there is somewhat of a statistical aberration going on with the Sharks right now, where if they get this many looks and if they get this many grade-A chances like we've seen, that you more often than not are going to find the back of the net more than what the Sharks have seen up to this point of the season. I you know, I don't know that that's 100% accurate. I know I've talked to Corey Massasak of The Athletic about it, and you know he seems to be inclined uh, to believe that it is a bit of an aberration as to what's happening to the Sharks this year. But aberration or not, you, know, you have to be the guy that's in control of what happens when that puck leaves your stick. You have to make sure you're giving yourself a great opportunity. And yeah, it is frustrating to hit the post, but that does happen in hockey a lot. To me, the more... The more telling ones are when you, you know, shoot the puck right at the goalie or when you just have a bad look that goes wide of the net and you need to get a better look and make it more on frame and make the goalie, you know, answer these questions that you ask of him. But if you don't have that offensive ability, it doesn't matter how well you play on defense. You know, like Bob Bugner said after the game, you can't score your way out of trouble. You know, I, there was a time 
when the Sharks team was good for four or five goals every night, you know, in years past. And if you did have a, you know, a bad defensive night, you could outscore the opposition. It didn't matter. You were going to get goals from literally everywhere. But that's not what the Sharks are anymore. The problem to me is just the consistency with it, right? I mean, it's like you just you've seen this too many times. And I don't think there's anything that can be done to fix this right now. This is a problem that is in this season uniquely happening, and you hope it doesn't bleed over to next year. I I can't imagine it would bleed over to next year, but it's just we've seen this too many times to know that it's not, you know, this isn't an anomaly, right? I mean, this is a consistent pattern the Sharks have shown us. When they do play well on defense, it's happened game in, game out. They simply do not give themselves any offensive support, and, you know, you can't just score a first-period goal and then nothing else. You can't take advantage of a power play situation early on in the game and then not add on to it. You can't have your power play look that bad later on in the game when it's a critical juncture that you think you might have an opportunity to go ahead by an additional goal. You just you can't do that and expect to win games in the NHL. And I don't think that any of the Sharks would be surprised to hear these things or be presented with these facts. But again, I just come back to the fact that it's like you've seen that the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, and nothing is changing. Nothing's getting better. They're not getting better at finding the back of the net. And that's why we look to the offseason to where you need to add these guys who are going to be able to put the puck in the back of the net because you can't, you're doing two-thirds of the equation really, really well, right? I mean, the power play is better than it was. The penalty kill has done things, you know, pretty darn well all season long. Your defense and your net mining have been pretty good. You know, it's like special teams, good. Defense, good. Offense, bad to very bad. And obviously that over 69 games has had the Sharks out of a playoff spot. And it would be very, very nice if the Sharks next year were the type of team that could take advantage of a game like last night and be able to go up 2-0 and 3-0 and give themselves a cushion and put Edmonton in a position to where they weren't just one goal out late in the third period. Because if you... I mean, if you only have a one-goal lead, all it takes is one bad play for the game to be, you know, giving up a point and going to overtime. And then that's exactly what happened last night. The Sharks did not give themselves that buffer zone. They were incapable of giving themselves breathing room. And that is what happens when you are simply not good enough. I mean, there is just, there's no other way to go about it. The team isn't good enough to go and win handily. There is no easy win for the San Jose Sharks. I mean, I look at the scorelines as of late, and the only one that maybe even presents as easy was the win against L.A., but that took a Timo Meyer hat trick to make it happen. It was 2-1 in the third, and then Timo goes off with two more goals, and you win by a final of 4-1. Or excuse me, that was against Anaheim. But we are just seeing the same things over and over and over. And that's, you know, indicative of where the Sharks are right now. They don't have the ability to win comfortably. They don't have the ability to take advantage of these situations. And it's it's got to be frustrating for the guys in the room. You know, I think that after the game last night, you could see a little bit of that frustration, even if they weren't going to let it show um, in their answers. But there was just a little bit of a disbelief. And I, I think that for, you know, the established guys like a Tomas Hurdle, who's been on the teams that have made deep runs into the Stanley Cup playoffs and who understand his role in getting the Sharks out of where they are right now and back into playoff contention next year. I mean, I think there's a little bit of a just, you shake your head and it's like, you can't believe that there aren't more goals. You can't believe that you can hit the post that squarely. You can't believe that you can miss on good looks. You can't believe that this is the way that it's working out after 69 games that we're still seeing the exact same problems, that you're still seeing the exact same issues happen out there on the ice. 
That's why I don't put any of the blame on Bob Bugner. I think that he has put the team in a position to win. It's not on him that the, that the team can't put the puck in the back of the net. That is not a coaching issue. That is a, an individual player issue. And yes, you might agree at times, or excuse me, you might disagree with who Bob Bugner has the ice. You may not like some of the decision he makes to who's on his power play unit, whatever. But we've seen these situations time and time again this year where the Sharks are in a game and just do not have the ability to add on. And they've had this all year long, and it's nothing new, and now we see it just still happening game after game after game to where it's the exact same formula. And that's doubly frustrating because I feel like it devalues what the Sharks have done this year to make themselves a much more sound team on defense. I mean, last year and the year before, and even the year before that in 2018-2019, they were bleeding goals left and right. I mean, they were just a team that gave up goals nonstop. And, you know, in 2018-2019, they were still able to outscore the opposition. In 2019-2020, the offense started to wane a little bit, and the defense was not getting any better, and the net minding wasn't there. And last year, it certainly wasn't there. This year, with Reimer and Hill coming in, you know, you've seen these guys play a lot of good games, and the defense has played well in front of them, and the defense has not collapsed after a soft goal was let in. And, you know, they've kind of fed off each other, but also, in addition to the defense being good, it's also just that the offense isn't there in the slightest. And it's like you fixed problems. The goaltending is better. Your ability to keep the team out of the back of your net consistently is better. You're not perfect by any means, but you took massive steps in the right direction. But it seems that when you look at what's happening on a consistent basis, you focus more on the offensive deficiencies. You focus more on what the team hasn't done as opposed to what they are doing, and that is playing a good defensive game, giving themselves a structure and a blueprint to have success going forward. Because if the Sharks had offense to go with their defense, they would be in the playoffs. And I don't think that's that hard of a jump to make. But when you watch this, when you see them fail to score time and time again, it's like, well, what did you expect? It's like George W. Bush said, there's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool me you can't get fooled again. I think that all makes perfect sense to you out there. But I mean, really, it's just like watching that game last night. It was just, I've seen this. I know what's going to happen. The Oilers are going to score a goal and the Sharks are going to not have an answer for it. And then if this goes to overtime, I would probably bet on the team with Connor McDavid out there on the ice. And lo and behold, I was correct. And I hate being right about things like that. I hate knowing that the Sharks deficiencies are playing themselves out of games. It's like you like to think that a team has the ability to outplay their inabilities. You like the idea that the team has the ability to be better than some of their problems, that they can play around it, right? For the San Jose Sharks, there's clearly no playing around it. We have seen this over and over and over again. They do not have the problem to outplay these deficiencies. They do not have the ability to outscore their problems. They do not have the ability to keep another team off the scoreboard entirely that, you know, you, you you can't win a one nothing game. You can't plan on winning a one nothing game. You might accidentally win a one nothing game, but that should not be the plan. And unfortunately for the Sharks, that's, I mean, that's what it takes right now. It's like, you, if you can't score more than one goal, you're gonna lose. If you can't score two or three goals, you're still probably putting yourself in a situation where you're gonna lose. It's like Groundhog Day when the Sharks take the ice. It's the same thing over and over and over and over. All right, we are going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some of the post-game reaction. 
You are on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Gregor's back on the ice with Kutcher and Shimelyevsky, but here comes McDavid. He got by Gregor. He's across the line, throws to the right. Quick shot on net. Oh, a save made off Pulyu Yarvi by Reimer, and the Sharks break out. Unfortunately, Gregor was open in the middle. The pass was behind him. He's going to have to circle it back to his own zone. Little trouble. Turnover, and a shot there by Kane is stopped by Reimer. It's in front of the net. Kane and Reimer were battling for it. Reimer lost the stick. He was out of position, but the Sharks survived by knocking it out of the zone. Yeah, we did everything we needed to do 5-5. Five five. Um, that's one of our best, sol most solid games in a long time. And you know, a little bit of story of our year. Um, you know, no chance team. We had so many chances. Smith plays great. Um, you know, and, and uh, you can't uh, get that second goal you need and uh, change the whole um, change the whole face of the game. And, and uh, you know, and, and that's a team that takes advantage of things. You know, that we knew they were going to be cheating on their uh, their penalty kill for a goal, and that's why we put 2D out there on the second unit. Still got burned, and uh, you know, so. Get in overtime. Obviously, 97 is gonna. Um, you know, he's probably the best player in the world when it comes to three on three. So, um, but I, I will say, looking at the game itself, that uh, um, we did so many great things, and uh, um, that was encouraging. It was our best game we played in a long time. Yeah, that is one of the more frustrating things out of last night is they did play such a good five-on-five -five game. They didn't give up anything. They gave up a shorthanded goal. The other goal that was scored was three-on-three -three in overtime. And you just hope that that doesn't invalidate everything that the, that the team did well in that game. I mean, the Sharks, much to Bob's credit, they played a really good game. He's not wrong. That was one of the better efforts that we've seen from the Sharks as of late. They had things going. They were playing very well on defense. They were not making the critical mistakes. I mean, I think if I'd have, if I'd have one complaint as of late in a lot of the Sharks' losses is that they've made these just critical errors, these turnovers at the blue line, and just it's like you, you give the team a, a grade-A chance like that, a wide-open look, it's not going to end well for you. And the Sharks didn't do that last night. They didn't make the critical errors. They didn't make the you know glaring problem plays that just come back and haunt you. They simply couldn't do anything on offense. And like I said, you hope it doesn't invalidate what should be some really positive takeaways from what they did against one of the most potent teams in the league. And yes, I know that Dreisaitl wasn't out there last night, but it's still Connor McDavid. You know, Connor McDavid and that Oilers team, I mean, even now with Evander Kane, he's everything he's doing with them. I mean, they are an offensively potent team, and the Sharks played them very, very strongly, and they made them work for everything that they got. It's unfortunate that they didn't give themselves a buffer. It's unfortunate they didn't have more than a one-goal lead late in the third period, and you you end up with the result that you do. It should not be shocking. But it was also a very good performance. And so that's why I'm, you know, of two minds of it. It's like, yeah, it's great that the Sharks can do all that. But, 
you know, what did you expect to happen if you only score one goal? Uh, Logan Couture played a great game last night going out there and trying to quiet down Connor McDavid. That's such a huge part of Logan Couture's game, and I think it's something that isn't fully appreciated. This is what Bob Bugner had to say about Logan's assignment all night long. Well, obviously, we want to get down and take his ice, and Cooch, uh, Cooch probably had him 95% of the night, um, you know, as an assignment, and uh, I thought they did a good job. You're never going to... You know that line's gonna—they're gonna generate chances. Um, you're never gonna, um, you know, keep it away from him. But uh, I think all in all, we did a real good job. Um, you know, and we we wanted to make sure that we got down and found in the match of speed. Um, anytime we were in the offensive zone and we didn't have enough three, you know, diving in. Um, in our third four, we'd just be in a soft lock position and making sure we're above. And a little bit more from Bugner on Couture. Yeah, I think uh, um, you could see that going on all night. The matchups and. Uh, um, you know, and uh, um, I think that, uh, you know, Cooch is, is, I think he's one of the better guys in the league if you give him assignment, and, and he takes a lot of pride in being, uh, you know, playing against top players. And, uh, um, you know, I thought he did a heck of a job. So, yeah, they're, uh, um, you know, they wanted to try and get uh, a certain matchup against Tommy and obviously try and get McDavid away from, uh, um, you know, from Cooch. But, uh, you know, we, like I said, we generated, I, I think I just looked at his 16 shots from the slot. Um, you know, that's... That's cool and ticket for us. If we can do that, I mean, that's uh, um, that's a huge number for us. One of the things that Bugner's talked about as of late is how the veterans need to really step up down the stretch and really need to maintain a level of expectation and be the guys that are leading the way. And, you know, that was definitely what we saw last night. I mean, Tomas Hurdle did his job scoring a goal, uh, but also just the effort out there from all the veteran players that that was really high caliber and high level. Yeah, I thought the, I thought everybody, you know, our big boys were, were good tonight. I thought that, uh, you know, Tommy's line was a lot better. I thought... Uh, you know, Carly played hard. All these guys played hard. I think that, uh, um, where has it been? I mean, um, I don't know. I, I look back. I mean, I can go back in the last, you know, six, seven games. There's games where we played well, um, you know, but the big mistake cost us. And again, we can't square yourself out of trouble. Um, you know, you score two in Arizona. You score two in Colorado. You don't see many games around the league at a nightly basis where a team's got two goals, four and wins, right? So that's how, that's how this league goes. But Bugner did reiterate that no matter how well they played on defense, that you can't win in this league without being able to score. Yeah, other than score, yeah. I think, uh, um, you know, our power play got us one. Um, our penalty kill was good. You know, you never want to give up a shorty, especially at that time of the uh, uh, time of the game. Uh, but uh, five and five, we generated, we played hard. I thought we were physical. I thought that, uh, you know, we collapsed and took away a lot of stuff around our net. We were harder in front of our net. So those are the ways we want to play. And I think... Uh, you know, the frustrating part is you don't see the result of it. You get a point, but, uh, um, you know, if you play that way, and, and we got to start scoring. That's the bottom line. You can't you can't go on a nightly basis and score one goal, two goals. It doesn't matter how well you play. we got to find a way to put it in the back. Yeah, there's no other there's no other way to win. you got to put the puck in the back of the net or else you are going to lose. You are going to put yourself in bad situations. You are going to be in critical moments of a game and find yourself coming up short, which is exactly what happened to the Sharks last night. I'm not trying to overlook the fact that the Sharks did earn a point last night. That is a good thing. It's always good to earn a point. But if you do that much well, if you do what you're supposed to do over the course of the game, you should be able to walk away with a win. And I think that's the most frustrating thing of what we've seen with the Sharks this year is that they can do what they need to win a game and still lose. And that is not a, a team that is just finding a way to lose a game because that's what we've seen with previous Sharks teams that they've found a way to lose. This Sharks team 
is losing even though they are doing the right things. And I think that is what is so frustrating to them out there on the ice. It's the type of thing that can unintentionally devolve into a negative mentality for a team to where they feel that even if they do the right things, it's not going to end up with the right result. It's like if you're in sports or if you're in anything in life, if you do what is asked of you, if you do the overwhelming majority of what it takes to complete a task and you don't get the task completed or you don't end up at the goal, I mean, that's that's going to create a problem. That's going to create some dissonance. I mean, I look at, you know, what is it? The, uh, the space between expectation and reality is where you find disappointment. If you have the expectation that if you only give up one goal over third, three periods that you're going to get a win and the reality is that you don't win, I mean, guess what? That space in between is where you're going to be disappointed with what you've been tasked to do. And again, I'm not putting that on Bob Bugner. I'm not putting that on the Sharks that are out there on the ice. But the fact of the matter is, is that they all need to be better, whether it is the veterans we are talking about, whether it is the young players who are trying to prove themselves right now, whether it's the individual lines, whether it's the power play, whether it's the penalty kill. And this is the problem is that even if they all are playing well, it's still not enough. And for for Bob Bugner, for the Sharks front office, for all these guys, they've got to be able to make the right moves in the offseason to give them more on offense while maintaining the defensive excellence and the net minding that they've been able to reestablish this year. Because you've done a lot of the, the, the dirty work to get this team back in a position where they can play games that allow them to win. There is still the glaring deficiency, though, of them not being able to score enough goals. And that's what you have to fix this offseason. That's what you have to figure out what you can do to bring guys in and give them the offense to win games because you can't have this go on for for too long. You can't have a second season where the team is doing a lot of the things right and still coming up with the wrong answer. And you love that you see the veterans still engaged. You love that you see the younger guys still trying to prove themselves. You appreciate the effort that's out there on the ice. But if the result isn't there, that does create problems over time. And I don't think the Sharks are at that point but that's why it would be a problem if it bleeds into next year. If they are, you know, in November next year and giving up one goal or no goals through two periods or giving up nothing late into the third before they give up their first goal and they end up losing, you know, that's how teams kind of implode. And right now with the Sharks out of it, I think it's a little bit easier to kind of, you know, take a step back and view things in the in the vein of where they are of a not a rebuild, but a reset and trying to make themselves a better team for the future. But it only lasts so long before it starts to become problematic on a bigger level. And right now, the team does have the strength to withstand it. And this has not been such a dire situation for so long that it's going to have the team imploding. But if it's still this situation next year, it's going to concern me a lot more. I'm going to be a lot more, I guess, keyed into the frustration levels and wondering whether or not some of these guys are in for this project that is the San Jose Sharks right now, which I assure you is a project. They are in the process of turning themselves in from a team that is not good enough to being a team that's in contention. And I will reiterate the fact that I do not think they are that far off because I do think they have core pieces and they do have young and up and coming players and they have rectified the mistakes from the last couple of years or the deficiencies, I should say, for the most part. The glaring one right now is the offense. And I do think that if they can fix that in the offseason, they'll give themselves a much better chance at competing for a playoff spot when we look ahead to the 2022-2023 season. But all these guys out there on the ice right now, they see the problems. They see the deficiencies. They see where they are falling short. This is not a surprise to anyone. And I think that you do see a little bit of that frustration after a game like last night. Not bad, but I think they just all know it. They're all wearing it and they all know that 
even when they are doing things right, it's still not enough. And that's that's another reason why you do have to, to make a better performance. You do have to make a better team. You do have to make a better outcome when you have an effort like that last night. What is relatively nice for the Sharks is that coming up tomorrow night, they play Calgary, a team they've had success against this year, a team that they've been able to have, you know, a, a good game against consistently. And you would hope that there is an immediate bounce back that includes a lot of what they did well last night, a lot of the defensive efforts, a lot of the lack of mistakes, a lot of the same really nice net minding and really good passing and not trying to hit the home run and going for the you know, the, the sure bet in terms of bringing it from one end of the ice to the other. The Sharks did a lot right in the loss that you hope has carryover into the game against Calgary. It's just a matter of getting that to happen once again because it does feel like a wasted effort last night where you did so much right, but you're not able to come up with the right answer. Yeah, I think so. I think we defend hard, you know, even if they have some dumps back, they've been kind of all over. We block shots. I think we, we have some good chances if we put it in, can and kind of wear them down, but we just couldn't bury another one. And, and you know, against one one of the top scoring teams, you know, I know they missed the right cycle, but still, still, you know, we, we defend hard and, and, you know, I think we play quite a bit in Ozone too. That's Hurdle talking about the five-on-five play last night, which was so good, and you hope that they can take what they did out there on the ice into that game Thursday night. This is what Reimer saw as well. Yeah, I think so. I, I thought... I thought we defended really well. I thought our neutral zone was really well. I thought we, we slowed them down quite a bit. And, um, you know, um, we're able to kind of dictate, um, you know, I don't know if the play, but also kind of what, what they were, what, what they had to do or what they could do. And so, um, you know, I thought we did a good job of that. And then breaking out, I thought we'd do well. I thought, honestly, I thought our, uh, our my, the team or the D did a really good job of, um, you know, boxing guys out and, and being strong in front of our net. And so, um, you know, honestly, just, just uh, you know, a good game. It's just, uh, I think both teams played hard, played well. It's just, somebody's, unfortunately, somebody's going to lose. Yep, somebody does have to lose, and unfortunately for the San Jose Sharks last night, it was them. That wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I'll be back with you on the build-up on Thursday afternoon as we get ready for that game against Calgary. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.